0: Hey there, Slump Busters. It is time for episode 84 of the Slump Buster Podcast. I'm joined today by MMA Dre himself, Andre Wynn, but it doesn't stop there because we have another outstanding guest, Jared Bear Fiora, the CEO and founder of Free MMA. Yes, Free MMA. This guy's handing out lessons, he has an outstanding Instagram presence, and he's very informative, a lot of fun to watch, a lot of fun to talk to, and we know that you will love this episode because of him. But before we get into that, folks, of course, we got to give a shout out to our sponsors, the best in the game, Manscape.com, the number one in men's grooming. They have Nick Free Technology, folks, the Perfect Package 2.0, the Lawn Mower 3.0, the number one styling tools. Four men below the belt. If you want to bust the slump with the ladies, if you want to make a New Year's resolution, then I highly recommend you make it using promo code slump at manscaped.com to save 20% off plus free shipping and handling. Yes, 20% off plus free shipping and handling at manscaped.com. And if you want to save a little bit more money, then how about using promo code SLUMP at CavemanCoffeeCo.com. Now, Albuquerque, New Mexico is known for a lot of things, being the birthplace of Juju Talk Sports, being the home of Breaking Bad, but it is also the home of a delicious cold brew coffee, and that is Caveman. Now, you can get their nitro cold brews. You can get their Mammoth Blends. You can get their hibiscus teas, which are outstanding, refreshing, and the greatest part of any day. Truly a necessity to hashtag Bust the Slump. But... It doesn't stop there, folks, because we also are partnered with RazorSport.com. That's Razor, R-A-Z-E-R, Sport.com. And if you want to beat Vegas, and we all want to beat Vegas, a lot of turmoil in the stock markets kind of go up and down. Hopefully, you bought some game stock this week. But if you're investing in RazorSport.com, you have a little bit more green in your pocket, go to Razor, R-A-Z-E-R, Sport.com, check out their free trials, and they're going to give you the necessary tools to beat Vegas handicappers, sports bettors from all over have been doing it for years. Razor, R-A-Z-R-sport.com. sport.com. All right, guys, it is time for the episode. Thank you to Dre. Thank you for Jared coming on. Enjoy the episode. Welcome in, Slump Busters. It is time for episode 84. I'm your host, Juju Tax Sports, and I'm not alone today. I am joined by the one, the only, MMA Dre. Welcome back, Dre. How you doing? almost forgot about you. almost forgot about Dre. You for better sure. not
1: forget about Dre, Juju.
0: <laughs> Cannot forget about Dre. Cannot forget about Dre. But even more so, what's better than having two fantastic people on a podcast? Well, when we have a third chair. Welcoming in to the Slump Buster for the first time, Jared, Bear, Fiorda. Welcome into the Slump Buster. Oh man, I'm excited.
2: Thank you guys for having me today. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Well, we are so happy to have you and it couldn't come at a more perfect time coming off the heels of UFC 257 big time fight night in Abu Dhabi. Dre, if you can, please give us a quick summary of what we saw on last Saturday night.
1: Yeah, no problem. So I, I want to interject and say something first is I was actually only able to catch the last two fights of the main card. And that's because ESPN Plus is garbage. Dana White did this big old thing about how he's going to crack down on illegal streamers. And so I was one of those people where I'm like, hey, you know, I've got a big boy job now. It's like, I don't mind supporting the product that I like to watch. I'll do it the legit way. I'll buy it via ESPN Plus, pay my $70 and try to stream it. And what happens? It cr- Crashes. So unfortunately, Juju, I can't give you too much on the bottom half of the main card. But as far as the final two fights, I mean, what can you say about Michael Chandler? Dude's a beast. I knew that he would be coming over from Bellator. He was one of the last few champions outside of the UFC where everybody probably thought like, Hey, this guy will be something. He just has that strong wrestling background, but he didn't really even need to use it. His striking, he's just so powerful with his punches. So I thought that was fantastic. And then of course, you know, we get to the main event, and I was actually surprised, Juju. I think both you and I, we both had Connor pegged to win, especially after the first fight with Poirier. And, you know, we, we sort of talked about it is that Connor had been out of the game for a little bit. How much ring rust did he really have? I know he had that fight with Cerrone, but Cerrone's coming down the hill from his career as well and, and, and on the wrong side of the fight game. And so I just thought, you know, Poirier looked good. He executed the game plan perfectly. I figured like, hey, if anybody's going to win in the early rounds, it'd be Connor, but it was actually Poirier looked sharp. He had a good takedown early and he just looked like he was ready for everything connor had and normally everybody praises connor as being creative and 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 this sort of fight genius but even those crazy spinning capoeira kicks that mcgregor normally throws it just looked like poye was prepared for it and ready and
0: and so my hat's off to poye he did a great job jared did you yourself get a chance to watch this weekend's pay-per-view
2: so i've been bad (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i didn't i didn't catch uh all i didn't catch the fight night so what i did is i went back and watched the youtube highlights people tend to post so i can kind of get a good picture of what happened and uh i gotta agree with dre connor looked like himself physically in fact he looked tougher than himself but you watch him in his motions you watch him let punches slide by like he's not even trying to correct a mistake so i think something a lot of people caught is dustin would point almost like mocking him saying oh i just caught you with on that left side you better watch out and connor's not taking it into effect he's not thinking about how to correct it he's just like "Eh, i'll take another one it'd be fine and sure enough caught him with two more towards the end of that second round and that was it
0: do you think connor went into this fight a little bit careless i mean he's only been in the octagon for 40 seconds in the last two years
2: I definitely think he went in thinking he was going to take the win no matter what. He certainly at least acted like that. He was very cordial compared to some of his other fights beforehand. Not a whole lot of trashing. They were kind of nice to each other up to the fight itself, but definitely walked in with a level of overconfidence that was not earned given his recent fights, given his recent time in the cage.
0: What about your thoughts on Michael Chandler? Obviously, as Dre mentioned, the winningest Bellator fighter moving over to the UFC for the first time and he gets a big win. Now people are putting him in the title conversation against Dustin Poirier, all considering what may happen with Khabib in a very competitive
2: weight class. You know, I somewhat expected like another Ben Askren kind of situation where he would transfer over and just the UFC would just still be another whole level above him. But no, he absolutely proved himself to be a top-notch fighter even against UFC veterans. As far as him getting that that title shot already, it's kind of interesting because you have guys who've been really putting in the work, pounding out on the mats and in the cage, but he has as well. Just because he's coming from a different label does not mean he has not put in that work and earned a shot. So it's kind of, for me, it's up in the air. It can go either way. He can either work through some of those top 10 guys, top 15 guys, or they can give to him and see what happens. We could very easily have a new UFC lightweight champion.
0: If you had to put your money, Khabib, do you think that he would come out of retirement? I mean, 29-0 and 0 just doesn't sound as good as 30-0. and 0.
2: <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. If, I was watching Dana White's looking for a fight, looking for uh, going around, finding his new fighters on his TV show. And there's a segment where he's actually talking to one of the other hosts and discussing how, oh, maybe it was a little early. shouldn't have done it quite yet. It was a little uh, preemptive. So I think he can could be come back into be a little coaxed back into it. Maybe something significant. There's a little bit of thoughts thrown around with him fighting uh, St. Pierre. Who knows? I think he can come back to it.
0: I think Dana last spoke on that and said that the conversations kind of stalled out on that one. Dre, I want to bring you back in real quick on this. Uh, Nate Diaz actually tried to reinsert himself into that conversation on Twitter by saying, uh, Dustin, you got to be about it. Of course, he got called out by Gaethje saying, coming from the guy who's always talking about it, but never is about it. What do you think about Nate Diaz putting himself back out there?
1: Uh, I mean, right now, you know, I was kind of disappointed in the last Nate Diaz fight. I want to say, what, that was the Mosby all possibly, is what it was. Uh, and he didn't look that impressive there, and, you know, he's taken some time off. And so, really, Diaz's only claim to fame was that Connor win, and I think that sort of propelled him. He had sort of this following where there was people that were really into MMA and into the Diaz brothers that really liked him. But it was kind of a niche, and, you know, he wasn't really in the mainstream. The Conor fight elevated him to the mainstream, but he's never been able to perform quite at that level. And so I think right now, Diaz, he knows he still has a little bit of, you know, sort of that star power from his one time that he did beat McGregor and their second time because it was such a close fight. Uh, But I just think from a matchmaker standpoint, a lot of the guys that are in the talks for that title I just don't see Diaz being able to beat him I don't think he has the style too I think honestly Ferguson can probably beat him from a striking perspective I think Gaethje can too just Gaethje looked way too good wrestling wise as well and I know Diaz has a pretty good Brazilian jiu-jitsu background but I just don't see him beating any of those top guys in a Chandler or Oliveira or Khabib I think they all just run through him so while I think it's smart on Diaz's part you know talk some trash try to get another payday see if you can work your way into the belt i just don't see it being like an actually good move for the ufc to do i just don't think he could beat any of those guys
0: Trey, i want you to play matchmaker right now if you're dana what's that next fight and is it for the title
1: oh man yeah so i think you sort of have to Khabib has basically said, Hey, I'm retired, and I know they're trying to get him back in and, and see if he'll come out of retirement. And I know Khabib has flirted with the idea, but I say you got to move on until Khabib is firmly there. It was even a little bit weird seeing McGregor not fight for a title. I thought 100% that they would be like, Oh, yeah, this is the actual legitimate title because, you know, they always love McGregor and they want to get him that. But I think, you know, Poye has earned it. I think you've got to give Poirier the shot. Uh, Chandler, I think, you know, looked really good against Hooker, especially because poyer and hooker were obviously coming off fight of the year sort of type fight and so chandler is in my opinion has earned it he's one of the most exciting and uh, athletic fighters i don't think they do that though instead i think maybe they go with an Olivetta type fighter where you know he's really good at striking uh really good at jits all around poyer's ready to stand there and bang so i think it'd probably be that fight
0: jared what about you matchmaker where are you going
2: as much as the uh, matchmakers are certainly looking for that stylistic matchup, who's going to work well against who's going to put on a good show, they're also looking at the money makers. When you throw out a name there, when you throw out Conor McGregor, people compare him in this fight some as more better fights, like against Alvarez. He was not the same fighter, but it's that name. That name puts butts in seats, or nowadays, eyes on the screen. So I'm going to go ahead and say it is Poirier still, but it is going to be against Chandler. Two guys, both impressive wins in this last fight. Both are going to sell tickets. Both are going to get butts seats, paying for the ESPN subscription to watch that fight. I see that one happening.
0: Will you be good by the time the next big fight rolls around, Stipe versus Nganu? Right, right. (laughs) Stipe Nganu. That That is a must watch to me. Oh, yeah. Dre, quick prediction on that fight. Way too early. (sighs) I think... You know, I really love Ngannou and I,
1: you know, his striking is so much fun just to watch him knock out guys, even walking backwards, he could probably knock out a few guys. But I still think I'm going to give it to Stipe. Stipe is just a little bit more well-rounded, in my opinion. He's got a little bit more in the arsenal. So I still think Stipe walks away with this. Though, of course, Ngannou is always dangerous. And if Daniel Cormier can catch Stipe, I'm sure Ngannou can too. But no, I'll leave you,
0: Well, we have two months to make sure that ESPN Plus streaming is fixed. The frustrating part about that is I literally released a video last week saying, hey, everyone, go buy the pay-per-view. Let's do the right thing. Dana's going to crack down on streamers. And uh, yeah, and then that happens. Thank you, ESPN. Thank you, Disney. Yeah. All right. Can I, can I just real quick, Juju, before we move on, I just want to say like,
1: that is something that these companies have to think of. And I know this is a little bit of a soapbox, but like I do the same thing with Flow Wrestling. So Flow Wrestling, those people that don't like collegiate wrestling. So I'm talking like high school and youth wrestling and college wrestling, or even something Olympic wrestling. There's not really a market out there. So Flow Wrestling is another one of those sort of, you pay for a subscription so you could watch some, some of their content and they're the exact same way is it's unwatchable. The stream is awful. You can't even see what's going on half the time. There's even been events where they've had to pause the athletes and make them wait for an hour until they can get the, you know, the stream back up. And I'm like, guys, if you're going to start charging money for this, which is totally fine, you know, and you want to crack down on people that are doing things illegally, you just have to make sure everything works well. And Flow Wrestling, I understand they're a small company out of Austin, actually where you're at, Juju. But ESPN and Disney, it's like Come on, guys. Like, you guys should have this down. You are one of the largest companies on the face of the planet. You should not have any
0: streaming problems. That's it. I completely agree. Hey, if Netflix is going to keep up in their prices, they can have streaming issues. Same goes for ESPN Plus and any other major streaming company. This is message brought to you by the Foundation for a Perfect Package. Why do I need Manscaped? Why do I
1: need Manscaped?
0: Why do I need Manscaped? Because the only thrill I want...
2: Because being in a relationship is not an excuse to be lazy.
1: Because I like talking ball, not smelling like them.
0: Because deforestation is proven to prevent forest virus.
2: Manscaped is the only brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped's crop preserver guarantees that you smell your best all day long. Manscaped boxer briefs the
0: most comfortable underwear on the market.
1: Manscaped's advanced skincare technology makes NYX a thing of the past.
0: Manscaped is the number one in men's grooming. Subscribers get two free blade refills every three months. Get 20% off plus free shipping and handling with the promo code slump at manscaped.com. That's the promo code slump at manscaped.com. Get your lawnmower 3.0 today. We are the Slump Busters.
1: And we approve this message.
0: guys this is juju talk sports you like sports betting right of course you do well let's bust that slump let me tell you about razorsport.com razor is a worldwide sports betting network all designed around helping you their diverse crew of handicappers produce plays the biggest sharps don't want you to know about go to their website right now and sign up for a free trial at razorsport.com that's razor r-a-z-e-r sport.com proud partners of the slump buster podcast check them out and enjoy the rest of the show All right. Well, I think that summarizes the fights that already happened. Let's talk about a man who's talking about future fights, developing young minds, developing people that are interested in eventually having a fight career themselves. Jared, I was reading up on basically your business, what you're working on, looking at your Instagram page. And I got to say, you got a lot of really cool videos on there, whether it be striking, grappling. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing with free MMA.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So the way this all kicked off is when I was really, really young, about five years old, my dad passed away. And subsequent to that, a lot of my family stepped out on me and my mom. And I became incredibly angry, aggressive, a lot of trouble in school, suspensions out and inside of school. So my mom decided that if I was going to be this aggressive and violent, that I was going to put it somewhere productive and she put me in martial arts. And I started my first Taekwondo class. I loved it. I became one of the youngest Black belts in the country at age 14. I began teaching, competing, moved into jujitsu. And a little while longer than that, I met a good friend of mine who was an ex-kickboxing Muay Thai champion, and he used to fight out of LA. And he thought, oh, we're friends now. We're both the martial artist. Let's spar. Let's have, let's have a friendly matchup. And I thought, I competed. I got some good time under my belt. Let's do it. It'd be fun. Oh, man. He just kick my ass so hard. He, he sent me to another world at times. And I learned from him and began my MMA journey from there. And sometime after a little while longer, I started talking to my mom of all people. Hey, you know, I want to open up my own gym. And so we got together and came up with the idea of free MMA, a nonprofit where we teach anyone of all ages from six or six and older of all brackets, no matter where you are in life, how to train to defend yourself, gain confidence, leadership skills, or compete one day if that is your interest. Uh, We're based in Cathedral City, California. We have numerous different teachers, all who have experience both in competitions or practicality use of their art. And we try and teach anyone who wants to learn who wants to walk into the door at no cost there's no membership fees no subscriptions you don't even have to donate if you don't want to it's all voluntary and we're open typically from wednesday through sundays although now we do a live stream version where we host live stream online classes on facebook at free mma gyms and anyone's welcome to join in at the regular class times which we post there as well
1: yeah no this sounds like an awesome idea and you know i practice martial arts too and so i do mma right jits and muay thai and boxing and i know how expensive it can be in most MMA gyms are going to be at least 100 bucks a month, if not more than that. So especially if you go into the big names, right, like the the Jacksons and Rufus Sports right, and Rose, right. they're going to be almost 200 300 bucks possibly. Um, so I think it's a great thing. I want to ask you about the all ages thing is, how do you sort of tailor classes or how do you tailor content to the different age groups? Because obviously the athleticism of a six-year-old versus a 23-year-old is very different, <laughs> as well as the mental understanding right
2: well, I, I certainly don't try and put, you know, six and seven year olds in the class with the adults. Uh, sparring would be an absolute nightmare. You know, the little kids would be beating the adults all over the place. Just not fair. But what I do is I break it up by age group. I have our younger children and then I have our adults and they kind of divert at a certain age. So I understand that there are some pretty big 15, 16 year olds. And I had some 15, six year olds sparring in the, in the adult class, training with the adults because they can handle themselves. And there are some who are on the bittier side who can't quite hang in there yet and they still work well with some of the 12 and 11 year olds. And then on top of that, we have a very nice facility where I can actually split up sections. So let's say I have some really young kids and some kind of older kids, I can set one of my assistants up with the younger kids, set them through drills while I tackle the older kids and try and get them focused on some of the material or drilling or focusing on what they should be doing at the time. And we also have different days for different activities. We have our sparring days, we have our open mat days, we have self-defense days, which is primarily for kids. So I try and break it up to make sure that it's fair to each person who comes in and wherever or whenever they decide to join up or show up for a class, they always take away something they can learn or use immediately.
0: All right, Jared. So you got your start in Taekwondo. That was your first discipline. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. In fact, specifically Mudokon Taekwondo, it's one of the few styles that a very little bit of people here in the United States actually practice, but it's an older one. I loved it. It was a hard style. We had a half kind of kickboxing upright stance where we practice our jabs or cross our hooks and uppercuts. And the lower half, we would divulge into Taekwondo where we have our front kicks, snap kicks, like roundhouse kicks, your jump, spin, side hook, all the fancy stuff.
0: So where is the primary focus when you are talking about a Uh, youth coming in? Do you focus more on the striking, the grappling? Where do you kind of like develop them first?
2: I always start first in how to stand in a fighting stance, how you hold your hands up, uh, where you should be looking at a target. I definitely take a striker's perspective first, but that also kind of depends on the class. I have jujitsu teachers, so if they happen to wander into a jiu-jitsu class, they'll end up starting there and start learning fundamentals in that case. And if they wander into an MMA class or mine when I do taekwondo or striking, that's when they'll start picking up my stuff. But I personally always like to start students off with an up stance, uh, upward stance kind of fighting style, the be striking, because if they ever get into a real life situation if they choose not to compete, but something happens out in the world, a lot of fights are going to start on your feet, not on your knees or on your back. So I like them having that kind of base. No, that's,
1: that's fantastic. And, and I agree. I think it's always important for kids to start, you know, learning stuff standing. Of course, they can get into like wrestling or JITS when they're a little bit older. But no, I, I completely agree with that philosophy, especially from a self-defense perspective. I guess my next question sort of related to that is obviously MMA, you can't compete in from a young age. So you don't have, you know, seven-year-olds doing actual MMA or anything like that. So one, what type of competitions do you have and do you support people in going to these different competitions? And two, I guess, how do you keep everybody motivated to continue to train? I know that it can be difficult if you don't have any goals and you're like, hey, I'm not going to any competition. I'm not, you know, going to a Jets competition
2: or I'm not competing in MMA.
1: Like, how do you keep everybody motivated?
2: With the uh, recent events of COVID, that's been a little more on the table of conversation. How do I get people involved? How do I get them coming? So we'd like to do reminders, and motivational speeches. I'll send out messages to people who I personally know, try and keep them involved. I'll put out videos on the Facebook page talking about the gym, putting out live streams. Prior to COVID, I was surprised at how much people were investing their time and interest into someplace that a lot of people consider, oh, it's free, can't be that good. No one's really gonna wanna stick around. There's no motivation for them to show back up. Whereas I found when you offer something for free. You get only the people who really want to stay, who really want to continue to better themselves on a consistent basis. Because when you're not feeling, you don't feel the burden of having to make up for the money you put in, you really look at yourself and think, do I want to better myself? Do I want to grow? Do I want to compete or just be healthy? And your goals motivate you to show back up because it's there and available to you. The only thing stopping you is yourself. When it comes to things like kids and whatnot, sometimes they have their days. They have their days where they don't want to show up to gym. They're telling mommy or daddy, oh, I want, I want to stay home, play video games. I don't like it there. The kids are mean or the kids are aggressive but the teacher's scary with his beard. I've gotten that so many times. Kids are afraid of the beard for some reason. But uh, you know, it's keeping them motivated. It gets a little tricky at times, but I certainly always find ways to make them happy. Whether it's okay, hey, we're having a sparring day, so they get to try out some of the new stuff and get excited and get to test themselves, or hey, we'll do some activities or some games right after we uh do this hard drill, kind of keep the kids involved. The adults, they're usually usually pretty self-motivating. I haven't had trouble with adults trying to stay away from the gym. In fact, a lot of them try to come in on off days where we're not open or there's no class time. Hey, can i come in and hit a bag can i come in and do this feedback can i come in and work out can i come in and get a private with you or one of the other teachers so the adults have been luckily enough very motivated the kids i have to keep it somewhat interesting which is why we include the aspect of games or special events we also hold seminars so we have different instructors we had uh, a good friend of mine mike morales he was an ex undefeated mma fighter he's competed at worlds and different jiu-jitsu outlets so he came in and did a uh seminar for us there too. So we do have ways keeping people kind of motivated and interested in coming in.
1: That all sounds fantastic. And you know, you're right. I think offering it for free, you get one or two ways. It's either people are like, ah, eh, it's free. Like you said, can't be that yeah. good. I don't want to show up. Or they're like, no, it's free. I'm going to keep, you know, get the most out of it, even though I'm not paying anything. So uh, it's, it is definitely commendable that you guys are offering any type of technique at, at that price, right? Which is nothing. Uh, it definitely goes a long way for the community. Uh, I guess my next question would be, especially with the kids, uh, do you ever get concerns over concussions and safety? Uh, I know when when people pay for it, they know what they're sort of getting. They're like, yeah, I'm signing my kid up. Here's my hundred bucks. I signed the contract. And like, I understand my kid's going to get punched in the face sometimes. But when it's free, I feel like some people don't understand that. And they're like, ah, you know, so have you gotten any
2: concern from parents or big brothers, big sisters, anything like that? Not quite in the sense you think it was not it's not concern for like their kids' safety. They come in and look at the place and they think uh, oh, it's kind of safe. I see the kids running around doing their activities. Sometimes I get questions about gear and equipment. They ask, oh, hey, do I need to prepare my child? Do I need to purchase all this stuff? And I always tell them, you know, if you want to, of course you can. And we do have plenty of loaner stuff they can borrow in the meantime. But when it comes to people coming to the gym and checking it out and thinking dangerous or not, or kids' safety or not, we have a sign up front that says, uh, Enter at your own risk. And it's partly joke, partly, uh, hey, sign the release form. It's a martial arts gym. So I do brief the parents. I tell them, hey, anything can happen. I do my utmost best to ensure the safety of your children. Uh, There's non-aggressive sparring. There's self-defense where we uh, don't really do much of the one-on-one attacking each other. It's just a lot of lessons and drilling. And I try and tailor as much as I can to the student's benefit. And I don't always look out for the adults. I have some adults who will walk in and get very protective and touchy over the children. Say, oh, no, no, he can't do that. or She can't do that. Or they'll run onto the mats and try and stop them From doing something they don't find safe. I'd much rather see a kid spar with a headgear on and get hit a couple of times and kind of learn, oh, hey, got to put my hands over this kid's gonna keep punching me in the face, then try and make an adult feel comfortable and not let the kid spar at all.
0: What are some of the best lessons you learned growing up learned as a student that you now apply as a teacher yourself, Jared? Like how what are some things that you try and pass on to each and every person that walks through that door?
2: There are a couple things that stuck with me as a kid moving into an adult and starting to teach this stuff. And that was mind, body and spirit. When it comes to martial arts, I, I can train your mind, I can give you knowledge, and I can work your body and make you tough. But I can't give you spirit. I can't give you motivation. You have to find that in yourself, either by looking at me and thinking of your goals, either looking at another student and thinking of, oh, that's my partner, or looking at a UFC fighter, looking at a famous boxer, looking at something that's going to make you want to get up and do the work yourself a lot of the times. And so that's kind of what I related back to is uh, when I get thinking about what I teach the kids, that's what I learned. And that is I have to be able to self-motivate. They can give me everything they want, but I got to find it in myself to show back up. And that's what I like teaching the kids. We also have this system of eight words. It was seven, but I like adding, I added a word that was useful. And we call them our tenets. We have our courtesy, humility, integrity, perseverance, self-control, indomitable spirit, respect, and patience. And that was instilled in me as a child to learn these words, learn their meaning, and try to apply them in class and in life. Now, are we perfect? Uh, I still stole a cookie here or there as a child. You You make some silly mistakes, but you take from it what you can. You practice it diligently. And that's what I like teaching the kids. And in fact, at the end of all of our classes, we go over those words, their meanings, how you apply them, ones you struggle with, and how you can make it better. So I like instilling a lot of the philosophical aspects of martial arts to the kids because otherwise they can learn how to kick and punch but i want them to learn the control of it i want them to have a good mindset when they're doing i want people to be able to find motivation themselves what good is your punching and kicking if you're not going to compete but you're not going to use it to get healthy it just kind of sits there in your mind and one day it will fade away so at least here i give them a purpose and a reason to keep coming back keep training keep learning from me
0: as long as you didn't steal that cookie before a weight cut i'm sure it was fine (laughs)
2: <laughs> certainly not before a weight cut. I have sometimes been naughty and like right after weight cuts, I've had a couple of treats. Oops, but no, not before.
0: You want to hear what one of our wrestling coaches said he did during a weight cut? He he said what, during his active wrestling career, he was a bit of a skinny guy. He froze an orange so he would eat it slower. Yeah. Frozen oh. Orange. If you want to learn about like weight cutting stories and weight cutting nightmares, I think wrestlers yeah. gonna know all about that. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. The future of the sport is something that Dre and I have always been talking about on this show, because during COVID and you got to commend David and White, what he was able to do, be able to put on shows when no one else wanted to put on shows. And I think it really added to the Sports popularity in North America, whereas there's always been this core four of the NFL, the NBA, MLB, and the NHL. Now UFC, now MMA is starting to enter that mix, enter that conversation in ways that it hadn't previously. It was always stalled by other combat sports like boxing, now boxing, unfortunately unless you're a big fan of the Paul brothers is kind of on its way out. When you think of the UFC, when you think of MMA as a whole, what are your thoughts? Where do you think the sport is going? And do you think it could break into that top four in North America?
2: Something interesting I've noticed a lot recently, as far as COVID goes, certain industries have had a lot of boom. Because these upstart companies are like UFC that has been vying for that place in the number four spot, as you're talking about, for some time, trying to get on the main stage of regular American or worldwide sports. COVID happening, shutting down so many specific niche industries and in general industries, them pursuing and continuing to have fights and following the regulations to a T was crucial for them to start pushing themselves into that spot. Because now it's like, okay, butts are in seats, but nothing's going on. Here's a UFC fight. They're still doing stuff. People may never have thought about watching a combat sport, think, oh, these guys are doing it. And I don't know, football or soccer, whatever I would normally be watching is currently off. Let's do it. Let's let's have a good night and see what happens. They love it. They pay for the subscription. They got another fan. And you can imagine that on the thousands, if not millions kind of scale. And so I absolutely see them not only breaking into that spot, but taking the number one place. That's kind of a bold statement. You still have baseball, basketball, football that have been tough, enduring sports for decades. People absolutely love diehard fans would go to war over their favorite teams but you see that on a degree with the UFC fighters Ireland great example those guys go nuts when they see Conor step on the mat and they would go to war for that man and even when he had the incidents where him and Khabib were kind of built into the fight and there's conflict on both sides consistently you can see the Twitter feeds Facebook posts people just going at each other during that whole kerfuffle and so that's what I believe UFC's headed towards a main stage Huge fan base, uh, much bigger than what they have now, and the same kind of dedication that we see to current sports teams, to individual fighters, and maybe even their camps or gyms.
1: Yeah, Jared, I, I think you're exactly right. Is the UFC and MMA in general has the opportunity to grow so large, especially because it's so easy to input some of those local heroes from different countries or different states and cities. And so, like you said, Conor McGregor in Ireland or uh, Zhang Wei Lee in China, and it's very easy just to pick up if you're the UFC and say, "Hey, we're going to host an event, even if there's COVID, we can host it in Ireland and have you know everybody cheering around the stadium or whatever it may be." So, I, I agree. I, I do think the UFC is poised to. Continue to grow, uh, and Dana. As much as I don't necessarily like the guy, uh, he's doing a fantastic job. So, uh, what can you complain about? Uh, my next question for you, sort of related, is what about ONE FC? So I know, or, or I guess I should say ONE FC, Bellator, all the other competing brands. So ONE is going to have a bunch of shows here on TNT coming up in April. Do you think that there can ever be a true challenger to the UFC, or do you think the UFC is sort of just the top dog, never be toppled?
2: UFC having started. started. Started when they did breaking to an inch. They basically, they are the almost literal started from the bottom, now we're here story because they had tons of scrutiny. Numerous states would never let them host an event. And some uh, state official would actually verbally say that, say, I will never put a UFC show on because it's violent. People don't want to see it. Whatever reason they gave it the time and look at them now. They've gone through so much to achieve this spot. Can someone ever compete with them? Yes. I think Bellator slowly slipping away from that. But you got uh, events like 1FC that you were talking about who recently signed fighters like Demetrius Johnson, Eddie Alvarez. Uh, My personal favorite, Jeff Chan, if anyone knows about him from MMA Shredded. You know, so they're getting some really good guys, really showmanship style guys who can put on a good show while still taking the victories and keep people involved. But now's the time to do it. COVID, as horrible as it's been, is the time to boost your business above your competitors because you can look at what they're doing, how they're struggling or how this might be affecting them and look for ways for you to work around that. And then being based outside the United States and now UFC hosting events outside the United States, they're able to put on more shows because they're able to follow regular their COVID cases are probably not as severe, and there's more opportunity for them to grow there. I just don't think no one's going to be able to compete with the UFC in the meantime. Maybe now is a good occasion for people to catch up if they jump on it now, get, get somewhere near, but UFC is too big. Too many people are still trying to fight for that place on the roster. Too many people are looking for that perfect matchup one day. Some kids starting out right now may think, oh God, one day I get to fight McConnell Conor McGregor. He's in the UFC. I got to get there so I can do it too. Uh, so for right now, I don't think anyone's going to meet them, but this is certainly the time for... Them to try. No one should be slacking on their on their game during this time.
0: Can you explain to me kind of uh, your process and developing a social media campaign? Because as I mentioned, one of the big things that really stands out immediately about you is your Instagram page. It's awesome. You go through it. You have so many unique videos, all different, all relating to a different discipline, a different technique, how to do the basics. Honestly, your reels page is a goldmine, and I gotta say, like, I commend you, my friend.
2: Thank you. As far as social media marketing campaign, interesting. Honestly, when it comes to my videos, I put out something, every every few videos, I put out one that I create and I think is really, really great. And I want to see how it hits. And then other videos will come in in the sense that people will comment and people write in things that, like, oh, hey, I'm struggling here or here. I need to work with this. I need to work with this. And some of the things you hear me discuss when it comes to fighting are both, yeah, striking, grappling, but also we get to specifics. We've talked about very specifically jump spin sidekicks. talked about very specifically, uh, americana kimura guillotines and they're not super advanced so people can track them well and practice at home but it's meeting their needs of the people so for myself when i look at what's going to help my channel grow i look at what are people asking for what are they talking about what do i hear something consistently people are consistently asking for help with how to hold their hands up and i get enough of those i think okay that's something people want to hear about they're probably going to be able to learn from me how to do that properly and then we can carry on into the next segment so i think listening to your followers is a great way to build anyone's platform
1: So Jared, you mentioned a few like the videos or tutorials that you go through, you know, Americana, Kimura, spinning sidekicks, whatever it may be. Could you give us a little bit of preview of what do you have coming up next? So what are things that people have been asking you for that you're really excited? Like, oh yeah, I can't wait to make a video on this.
2: I recently, and this, I'm going to answer that about your future ones, but I'm going to date back to a video I just made today, this afternoon. And I made it last minute and it hit really well because people were excited and they want to know about what happens if someone is on top of you, choking you. And this is more of a self-defense tactic kind of thing, but you can see somewhat in UFC guys will brace their hands up against the other person's face or throat trying to get themselves to posture up or whatnot. And so I try to apply it there too for the competition's sake. But in general, when I go through and I make those kind of videos, I very specifically talk about like, oh, break the grip, shrug them off, fuck. I talk about things they'll need in a real life situation. And so that one I knew was going to do well. And that's kind of what we're looking towards here in the future. We're going to talk about more self-defense tactics. I'm going to get even more specific on technique because a lot of people want to know, like, oh, when I throw a punch, what knuckles? Where's my shoulder? Where's my elbow? What are my hips doing? And so, what people can look forward to are more specific-oriented instruction on what you're going to do. And it's hard to fit it into that 30-second reel page, but uh I think I do a good job making it work so far. And no, no one's really complaining. People are always asking for more. A very specific technique that's going to be going up soon is, for instance, how to throw a roundhouse kick. Not advanced, very basic, but everyone can learn from it. And I haven't done one here on reels yet, so people have been asking, oh, how i use my feet more. Well, I've gone over a push kick. Now we're going to talk about round kick. We'll move on to side kick and expect basics, maybe some reviews of the basics, and then some intermediate advance and so on and so forth. I want to treat it like they're walking into my gym. How would I teach them if they showed up?
0: Talking roundhouse kicks. Got the scary beard. You're basically a young Chuck Norris, aren't you?
2: Oh, that's that's so near and dear to my heart, man. Thank you so much. That's such a beautiful compliment.
0: All we need to do is bring back like those uh, random facts about you. You know, <laughs> get those memes going, going classic internet with it. But no, I, I de- definitely think that it's awesome. Obviously, MMA, it knows no gender and knows no age group. You have women competing, you have men competing, you have people of all ages, weight classes. And one of the biggest things too, like when you talk about the old school MMA, uh, Dre and I watched some documentaries of like when you mentioned the John McCain years when he was saying it's basically human cockfighting. Um, You just had people of all different variations of backgrounds coming into it. Can you describe kind of your love just in general for the sport? And what is just that attraction that you would like to imbue onto others?
2: My love for the sport, the sport is my everything. This sport dictates my diet. This sport dictates my look this sport dictates my physical exercise it dictates the workouts I do it dictates on a level the friends I make because I don't want to make friends who are not who are not going to bring me up who are not going to motivate me to do more or at least say I support you so it runs my life and I think it has to for anyone interested in competing or living a life in the, in the martial arts world you have to dictate your life by that because there's so many aspects that you can easily throw out the window and completely lose sight of your goals so that's kind of what it what my love is for it's become my life and so I live that every single day it makes me happy. And I, from a young age competing, uh, moving to an adult competing, this sense of thrill. I once had a friend of mine say, you know, there's something that is unique to fighters. And that is there's something we want to fight against in ourselves, which drives us step into that mat, that cage, that ring. Maybe it's the insecurity. Maybe it's a a loss you occurred when you were younger and it's something that drives you. Okay. I never want to feel that sense of weak or sad again. And I kind of got where he's going with it, but I think there's also a certain love. People just simply enjoy and get a thrill out of certain activities. People love skydiving. People love rock climbing. This just happens to be my throat. This happens to be my drive. So when I hear about it, I get excited. I want to watch the events. I want to go live. I want to go and train. When I hear someone talk about martial arts, I immediately want to go enact whatever they're talking about on my heavy bag. If someone's doing a demo of a spin psych, I'm like, I've done spin psychics in a while. So I'll go out there and drill that for uh, you know, 20, 30, 50 times, however many I feel I need. It's something I do every single day. It has become my life. And I love it because I was doing it since a kid it drives me to keep getting better. Yeah, I could definitely tell the passion
1: that you have. I'm the
2: same way. I've been doing, you know, Taekwondo is what I started
1: off in, and then Juju and I we nice. wrestled together. And uh, you know, now I'm doing Muay Thai and kickboxing and jits. So I, I love the sport too. I think it's honestly great for everybody. It's practical, it's not just like other sports where it's like, hey, you can run fast, but if you're ever in a self-defense situation, you got to know how to defend yourself. Uh, even something as simple as getting out of somebody on and mount, you know, that video that you talked about earlier today. Jared, one of my last questions for you is there's obviously got to be some idols that you have in the sport. So who are some of your idols, whether it's in MMA, boxing, or, you know, Taekwondo? Who do you look
2: up to? Oh, man. So as far as who I look up to, when I get really giddy and excited about for the longest time, when I first started trying and learning about MMA, uh, I wanted to fight Anderson Silva. I love that guy. I love his style. He was the king for Decade, if not longer, and of course he's now a step taking a step back to the whole uh, competition aspect of it. But definitely him, definitely someone I look up to. He's very motivational, and he wasn't a huge shit talker. He wasn't huge into. Oh, can I cuss? I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't think about that. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, no, you're good. You're good. Let oh, it fly. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, he he wasn't so huge into just bringing down his other opponent. He let his body do the work, and he would lock you in the cage. He would clown you in the cage. But outside, it was cordial. It was it was speak softly and carry big stick. Except in his hit case, it's carry a lifetime worth of being able to kick your ass. So certainly him, he is someone I look up to, still do. And I love everything he did in the cage. And I hope that is my goal. I want to be that fantastic. I want to have a decade-long win streak where no one could even touch me. Kind of what Israel is putting on right now in the same division.
0: You have to be a little bit crazy to be an MMA fighter, don't you? Isn't that kind of a little bit <laughs> mindset? You have to be a little bit of a psychopath to want to get punched or punch someone back
2: oh there's definitely some sadism masochism going on there man there's definitely something just titillates you as a fighter to get step into that cage that sudden rush of adrenaline uh or even anxiety you get beforehand people thrive off that feeling of oh i better be ready for this dude hurts me certainly there's something a little bit to each fighter that keeps them going back
0: I get it. I look at Dre and I'm like, damn, I want to get back out there too. Like there's nothing like that thrill of being on the, in a fight, in a one-on-one competition. That's something you just don't get in other sports that I think is so unique to being in that octagon, being on that map, being in that squared circle, whatever it is. I just, I love it. I agree with you. I love hearing your passion. I love people that are passionate about their passion. I, I think that that goes a long <laughs> way. Um, absolutely yeah but jared okay so like uh my last question and then of course we got to get the shameless plugs in Uh fun question we always act like to ask our guests on the slump buster is your favorite all-time sports movie and why
2: favorite all-time sports movie and why
0: and sports, it could be like anything any sport don't feel, any sport, yeah, okay don't feel obligated to just go mma it could be anything that you love
2: uh remember the titans Remember the Titans is going to be my all-time favorite sports film. And I'm not super into sports films. I don't watch a whole lot of them. I've seen somewhat kind of your basics, like your martial arts films, Enter the Dragon. Remember the Titans is a super popular movie. So I'm not really diving into some subcategory of filmmaking here when I talk about it, but I think the message above anything else is super, super important, and it rang true then, it rang true before the time of the movie, and it rang true now with unity and coming together, and if we can't work together as a team, we are going to get stomped by every adversary that comes in our way, but the moment we can put it together through some hard work, through some blood, through some sweat, we will overcome any obstacle, and I love the aspect of that movie that brings it to, so that one is going to be my favorite. If
0: you did feel obligated to throw out a combat sports movie it's funny though that <laughs> I, a lot of like fighters and people that we talk to get thrown out vision quest because mostly because your coach probably made you watch it at some point to get ready for the next big fight i don't know if you had a similar experience in
2: that regard i have actually not had a similar experience to that there was this one movie and it's called warrior it, it's about this young man who, was uh, came up in Japan and he learned Japanese martial arts, learned sword fighting, and he had gone. He, there was a big fight, big war, kerfuffle, and he ended up uh, across the ocean into mainland Asia. And and if he's there, he starts hearing about these fighters, people who are training in this weird kind of stand-up combat, and he thinks to himself, "Well, I'm here. I got to learn from these guys." And uh, he goes into them, becomes part of the culture, makes uh, a love, becomes kind of someone's family, and steps into this stone ring. And these guys are training Moy Boran, right? Like the first, uh, the early form of Muay Thai. And they just clown him and destroy him. And so he takes time to learn. He becomes part of the military, their special force. And it's a whole long detail. But I just love it because it's a humbling experience for everyone who watches it and thinks to themselves, my martial art will take on anyone else's. And I've talked about this before people get really super prideful in their martial art and they think it can take on anyone. And that's how I was at first. I thought Taekwondo was the end all be all until someone handed my ass on a silver platter with some kickboxing. You know? And so I think it's a good message for anyone to hear about that is you have to be diverse. You have to learn more than one art. You have to be agile and well rounded in numerous different crafts. If you want to be really good or able to protect yourself, you never know what can happen. And I think that's what the movie really gives to the audience is don't expect to be a one-trick pony and be successful every time.
0: Love to use kerfuffle by the way. I thought it was the only one for a second there. But Jared, <laughs> uh shameless plugs, where, how to listen, what you're working on, all that good stuff for the listeners, for the viewers out there, the millions in attendance, probably closer to the hundreds, but thousands maybe. But not millions one day
2: you know anyway any amounts beautiful i'm really, really <laughs> grateful oh, yeah, yeah yeah any amounts beautiful and really great to be and thank you guys again for having me i my my name's jared fiorda at bear fiorda literally how you spell bear like the wild animal and that's all my social media bear f-i-o-r-d-a all over the place youtube facebook instagram twitter even some of the more obscure platforms like dub smash triller uh zinn and, and lit, you know, I'm, I'm everywhere. And just my YouTube channel also kicked off. So I have quite a few videos there for anyone who wants to go and check it out. So you can find me anywhere at Bear Fjorda.
0: Dre, any final thoughts before we head on out? No, I just want to say,
1: Jared, it's been, you know, a pleasure having you on. I always love talking, you know, martial arts of any kind with, with any of our guests. So thank you so much for hopping on. Best of luck with free MMA and
2: everything else you've got going as Bear Fjorda. So you're doing a great job. Thanks for coming thank you guys it's been an absolute pleasure i loved every moment you know if ever a chance you want me to come back i'd be more than delighted to show back up
0: all right slump busters well if you like jared if you want to hear more from him definitely check him out on all his platforms find us on all our platforms all the major streaming services and of course hit that subscribe button leave us a five-star review on apple we definitely do appreciate your time in doing that i had some huge success in the last month but let's keep going uh, check out our YouTube channel. We're closing in on 500 subscribers, which will be an awesome benchmark for the channel. Ask Slump Buster Podcast on IG. Ask Slump Buster Pod on Twitter. Use promo code slump at manscaped.com to save 20% off plus free shipping and handling on the number one in men's grooming. And stay safe, happy, and healthy. We'll see you next time.